All right. <clears throat> All right, we're going to be doing a scholarly review of private property. I told people in my Telegram chat that I wasn't going to do any streams for a couple days, but I just want to get this one out for posterity's sake, but also just because it's good information and I want people to know it. Um, there's ways that you can support me. The links are in the description below. One of the ways you can give directly to me is at the livelocal.store um, link that is the direct gift the love gift support there or if you want to do the win-win-win option it is taking your shopping and switching it from uh, godless commies to an American manufacturing company I want to talk about private property and I want to do it in a way that is going to benefit you directly and I would dare say unless you are a student of Dave Jose like I am you've never heard this before in fact uh, kudos to my teacher Dave um, for kind of teaching me the fundamentals and getting me to this. Um, I have been doing my own digging uh, and to the uh, the chagrin of the godless commies, I've been doing my own research. So anytime you do your own research, the people in power have something to lose. And so I want to start with the gospel. I want to start with the Bible, if I can. Um, when Jesus rose from the grave, he gave the great commission. And when he gave the Great Commission, he said, All power in heaven and earth is given to me. Go ye therefore, teach the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach all nations to obey the commands that I've given you. And lo, I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. That power that Jesus was given by the Father, Jesus then turns around and gives to his church. This is your rights. The definition of right is power of free action. Our founding fathers knew that well, and so whenever they listed in every constitution, state and United States constitution, the right to property, they knew exactly what they were speaking about. But I want to say a couple different things to kind of set the table if I can. The first thing that I want to do is I want to read uh, to you, and let's, uh, let's just get this up. Let's just get this up. Let's go right here. Let's go Deuteronomy 6. I want to say, come down here to, uh, let's do it to this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is Lord. The Lord thy God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thine heart, with all of thy soul, with all of thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them on the post of thy house and on thy gates. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land of Abram, or in the land which he had uh, sware unto the fathers, to Abram, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou biddest not, and houses full of good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees, and thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware, lest thou forget the Lord which thee which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Just want to point out the fact that you're supposed to be talking about what God says all the time, everywhere. If we go up here to, let's go to 1 Corinthians, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, and I want to go um, 10, 31. 
1 Corinthians 10.31 Whether therefore ye eat or drink or what whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Christians, if you love Jesus, if you love Jesus, then every single thing that you do should be to the glory of God. That like remember that. First Corinthians ten thirty one. What whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. That means as a Christian, you can do all things to the glory of God. I also now want to say, let's go to Hebrews. We're setting the conditions, folks. We're setting the conditions to understand property, to understand taxation. Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but extorting, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. So you gotta assemble. And assemble means you gotta go to where you are to where everybody else is. So you gotta travel from one place to the next. So because there's traveling involved, as you're commanded to assemble, if the king tells you to assemble, it means you can't stop people from assembling and you can't stop people from getting to the assembly. Start getting those wheels turning. And then lastly, uh, what we'll do is we'll go to our Lord. We'll talk about Matthew, uh, what's that, 18, 20. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. This is why it is direly important that you marry someone who loves Jesus. If you marry someone who loves Jesus and you are gathered with that spouse and you are doing all things to the glory of God, then you are worshiping Jesus all the time when you are with other people, which is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. So with that, I want to go to constitutions. Let's just go to our United States Constitution. Let me uh, jihad this real fast. Let's go to... Um, our Bill of Rights, because that's where everyone likes to go. Let's go to the amendments. Then we go to the Bill of Rights Amendment 1, the very first amendment to the United States Constitution. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. The free exercise thereof. What did we just read? Jesus told us, where two or more are gathered in his name, there I, in the, there I am in the midst of them. What did he also say? He said, don't forsake the assembling uh, of the saints. Right? So here you have Congress, a prohibition. This is a prohibition. A prohibition means that the government can't do something. And this is the Constitution telling the government, you can't do this one thing. There's lots of prohibitions in the, in the Constitution, but... The First Amendment is a prohibition, which means it's not a grant. It doesn't grant people power. It acknowledges the power people have, turns around and tells the government, you won't touch this. You can't touch these things. Do not legislate on these things. What are these things? Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Congress, no legislature can define by statute, by code, by regulation, by Supreme Court, nobody in government can tell you what is you exercising your faith. They can't. 
When we understand our rights, we understand that no one in government can tell you what you know what the what the creeds and the beliefs and the customs of your fathers are. They can't tell you what your religion is. They can't tell you how to practice your religion. They can if you are using your rights to trespass against somebody else's rights. They can they they can and they should get justice there. But but do not lose this. Do not miss this. If you are practicing your religion, Congress can't write laws against it. Think about all the things that Congress, the government, has powers to do. Think about the one thing in your head, starts with a ta, ends with an axe. If the power to Congress to axe is a law, then that law can't go against your religion. So now let's talk about the right to property. Here in the U.S. Constitution, we have our right to property, right? No per person shall be held for capital, and then you go down here, nor be deprived of life, life, liberty, property without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. And just for you people that are saying, well, that's eminent domain, and they can run, run roughshod over you. They can't take anything from you unless they give you a trial by jury. The right to trial by jury shall mean shall be preserved. This means that if any time you have your life, liberty, or property violated, if someone is trying to take your life, your liberty, or your property, you are guaranteed a trial by jury. You're guaranteed a trial by jury. Guaranteed. If there's no jury and they're affecting your rights, then they are trespassing against the Constitution. That's war. Same thing here is that you have the ability to uh, to have a jury trial by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime would be committed. So jury trial is required anytime that there's life, liberty, or property at stake. So now let's talk about property. We first need to understand what the definition of property means because there's a lot of people that say that's my property and they have no idea what it means. So let's get our handy dandy camera. Someone's calling me. It's my wife. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Hey, uh, I'm in the middle of a stream. I'll call you back. Hey. Did you hear me? Huh? Did you hear me? Did you hear me? No. I'm in the middle of a stream. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll call you back. I love you. Bye. All right, so uh, there you go. There's there's what she's doing. All right, now let's go to our handy dandy camera, and I get my pen, and we'll go property. Let's turn it down here. Property: that which is peculiar or proper to any person; that which belongs exclusively to one. In the strict legal sense, an aggregate of rights which are guaranteed and protected by the government. So your property is what's exclusively to you. Now, if you have something that's exclusively yours, can it be the government's? Can it be owned by somebody else? If what you exclusively own is yours, well, then that can't be anybody else's. It is peculiar. It is unique. It is specific to any, of, any person. It's yours, right? More specifically, ownership. The unrestricted and exclusive right of a, to a thing. 
unrestricted, unrestricted, the unrestricted and exclusive right to a thing. The right to dispose of a thing in every legal way, to possess it, to use it, to exclude everyone else from interfering with it. And it goes on. I mean, there's your Black's Law Dictionary, right? The right of property is that sole and despotic dominion which one man claims and exercises over the external things of the world, in total exclusion of the right of any other individual in the universe. It consists in the free use, enjoyment, disposal of all a person's acquisitions. This means the stuff that you get. The stuff that you get is your property, which means to acquire is part of the right to property. You have the right to acquire something without any control or diminution, save only by the laws of the land. Laws of the land is not the law of the case, and it sure, certainly ain't the law of the, of the Congress. So we're seeing that property is the exclusive right of the individual. It's exclusive right as a person. And so if your life, liberty, property is exclusively yours, that means it is not exclusively the government's. It is not exclusively somebody else's. It's yours. Because God gave you gifts. God gave you your right to property. But that, di uh, that dif uh, definition included the fact that you could have acquisitions. So you have the right to acquire property. That's important. That's critical. That's all that, that's, that, 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 that's, that is massive. What I want to do is I just want to show you California. Because most people right now would be like, well, California is California. You've heard the podcasters. You've heard the podcasters, the people that only complain and never give you any remedy. The podcasters have said, well, California and the radical left is destroying America. Okay, well, let's just take the most godless commie state in the union. Let's just go to California. Ballotpedia, constitutions, California. Boom. California constitution. There you go. Let's go to our, let's take that off. Let's go to uh, our rights, declaration of rights. Click here. California Constitution, Article 1. All people are by nature free and independent and have inalienable rights, which means you can't put a lien on the right. You can't, uh, you can't say if something is exclusive to a person, something is exclusive to one of the people, the government can't put a lien on it. No one else can put a lien on your rights. You're not a slave. Among these are enjoying and defending life and liberty, acquiring, possessing, and protecting property. Did you know in the state of California you can acquire, possess, and protect your property? Now the cynic right now will say, well, they don't have Gavin Newsom. That was before Gavin Newsom and the radical left. If you think like that, podcasters have affected your brain. If you think like that, you are not reading what the law is. If you think like that, you have no faith in truth. If you think like that, you are fallen prey to the black pill, the despotic black pill that will always keep you wound up and whipped up into a fervor. Because I'm about to show you something from California where California will tell you if you know what your rights are, it will bend to you exercising your rights. So here you have 
the, you have the ability to acquire, possess, and protecting your property. But that's not what I want to focus on. Let's get to the real nitty-gritty. Because we, Well, actually, you know what? Let's go back to Section 1, Article 1. Right, Article One, California Constitution, and let's see if let's see if the Constitution in California. We are they already said we they've got the right to uh, acquire, possess, and and what was it? The quite to uh, acquire, possess, and protect your property. So in California, the Constitution, the fundamental law, the highest law in the land. No lawyer, no law school, no judge, no county commissioner, no governor, no military can abridge that right. That is your right because that's what the law says. And here's the thing. When California was accepted into the Union, the federal government agreed with everything the, Cal the California Constitution said. So if the California Constitution says that the Californians have the right to acquire, possess, and uh, protect their property, then the federal government recognizes the rights of man in California to acquire, possess, and defend their property. And here's another side tip. If you have a list of rights, a declaration of rights, they are applicable for all men. So just because one right says something in California doesn't mean you don't have the same right in New York if, it's, if New York doesn't say what California says. How do I know that? Well, because we live in a constitutional republic. Rights are common rights. Constitutional rights are of every man. This is the common law. This is the fundamental law. And this is why you don't know because we haven't been told. So let's go down. What I want to do is I want to try to find um, I want to try to find due process. So what we're going to do is okay. So this is you're speaking freely, so free speech. We want to find due process. So in California, you've got the right to instruct your representatives. So okay, that's good. And assembly assemble assemble freely for the to consult for the common good. The common good is the common law. So in California, you have the right to assemble freely to consult for the common good. Y'all guys can come together and talk about how to solve problems by right, and the government can't stop you. Now, you might think, well, that's not what the lockdowns did and the, the COVID masks and the jabs. Well, did you know the law? Do you know how to assert your rights in law? Or are you just complaining that the podcasters train you just to suffice to say the radical left is destroying America? Let's go further. Let's get to our rights. Um, freedom of religion, military subordinate, slavery is prohibited. Uh, here we go. Section 7. A person may not be deprived life, liberty, or property without the due process of law or denied equal protection of the laws. Amen. You recognize without the due process of law? You know what that is? It's about to tell you what that is. It's about to tell you that that due process of law is a trial by jury. Um, provided that nothing contained herein or elsewhere imposes the state of California or any public entity, board, or official any obligations or responsibilities without exceed, which exceed those uh, imposed by the equal protection of the 14th, blah, 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 and enforce, in enforcing this subdivision or any provision of the Constitution, no court of the state may impose on the state of California or any public entity, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so they've, they've obviously changed this. Uh, but here we go. Except as may be precluded by the Constitution of the United States. Stop. 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 Except, which means outside of, Heisman, prevent, push away, you can't touch. Except as may be precluded, which means that if there is something that is written before this, then that thing that's written that would go against this trumps what they're now talking about. So, except as may be precluded by the Constitution of the United States, Every existing judgment, decree, writ, or other order of the state, whenever rendered, which includes provisions regarding pupil school assignments, people... Okay, so this is talking about public schools. 
what we want, what I'm looking for is there's only marriage between one man and one woman is valid or recognized in California. Did you guys know that? Um, trying to find witnesses, torts, habeas corpus. See, this is where I'm... Uh, Okay, you've got the right to privacy, right? There's to be secure in your persons, papers, houses, effects against unreasonable searches and seizures may not be violated, and a warrant may not be issued except on probable cause, which means someone has to have an ex uh, um, uh, a recognition, a reasonable conclusion that you have done wrong, and it's got to be supported by oath or affirmation, particularly describing the place to be searched. So they can't go say, search all y'all guys' house. You gotta say, search the corner room on the first floor underneath the bed. Right. So no general warrants. General warrants are bad. General warrants are unlawful. Um, talks about felonies. Felony. Remember, we've got the right to property, due process, trial by jury is an inviolable right and secured by all. Right. Um, so there's your trial by jury. So no one can take life, liberty, property without you without a jury trial. And this is California. This is California. There we go. Here we go. Private property, which is the Constitution's way of acknowledging two classes of property. You have to be able to think like that. If something is private property, then by inference, there is non-private property. Which means that there's, if there's private property, that means that there's public property. Public-private property. You see that? So when the Constitution says private property, that is a tip. That is a, that is a specific nod to the fact that there's an opponent. There's, there's an opposite. There's an exclusion. So if private property is being specified, that means not private property is not being specified, which means there's such a thing as not private property, which is public property. But you, you recognize that. And if you have the right to property, that right to property is your private property. Do you see how the Constitution is consistent like that? So now you've got the right to private property, and it says it may be taken or damaged for public use, so this is eminent domain, but it has to be ascertained by jury unless waived. So don't waive your jury trial. Don't waive your jury trial. Who's got the ability to waive the jury? You do. Why? It's your property. The judge can't waive it. The lawyer can't waive it. The, um, the governor can't waive it. No one can waive it unless you do. Right? Um, and they have to go through all these proceedings to do it. Uh, then they look at this. The state and local governments are prohibited. They're stopped. They're prevented. They can't do the following. From acquiring by eminent domain of an owner-occupied residence for the purpose of conveying it to a private person. So if some bigwig wants to say, here's an owner-occupied thing, and we're going to you know, take this property for my own use, I'm going to use the government to take this property for my own use, like Oprah in Hawaii. This is like the big catastrophe, and now she's going to gobble up some private land? You can't do that. Um, but this is not what I'm looking for. What I'm just looking for is I'm trying to see... Okay, here we go. I'm trying to see private property. For the purpose of this section, so this section is talking about eminent domain, and it goes on to talk about all these other, all these other things. So what I wanted to, wanted to show you was that there's public-private property. Look at this. Property owned before marriage or acquired during marriage by gift, will, or inheritance is separate property. Now think about this. If this now says property owned, this right here means private property. Do, do, you, see how that's, do you see how that's consistent? This right here says private property. This right here says property owned. 
this is going to be private property. So the Constitution in California, Article 1, specifies and points to private property, which means it identifies, by inference, public property. So these two classes of property exist in the Constitution. Okay? Um, look at that. Non-citizens have the same property rights as citizens. Uh, rights. Oh, here we go. Rights guaranteed by this Constitution are not dependent on those guaranteed by the United States Constitution. Wow. That means that if the United States Constitution doesn't say something, the rights of California don't need the Constitution to be rights to where the Constitution would defend them or that the state, state of California would defend them. This is consistent with the idea that your rights are from God and they're consistent. So now let's get into the more, um, oh, here you go, public lands. The people shall have the right to fish upon, fish upon and from the public lands of the state and in the waters thereof, right? Except, excepting the land set aside for fish hatcheries. So when the people gave government land to set aside for fish, fish hatcheries, um, you can't go fish on that. But if it's not land set aside for fish hatcheries, you can go, you can go uh, fish. How do we know that? Well, because it says. But see here, public lands, which means that there is private lands. So there's public lands, private lands. You see how that works? All right. Oh, look at this. The provisions of this constitution are mandatory and prohibitory unless by express words they are declared to be otherwise. Do you know what that means? That means that the words of the California constitution mean explicitly what they say. They do not mean what they do not say. So the people who wrote California's constitutions are very specific with what they say. Keep that in mind. So now let's go back to the California constitution and I'm looking for taxation because this is where people need to understand what their, uh, um, what their constitutions say. Education, water, water resources development, local government, public utilities, taxation. Here we go. Article 13, Article 13, California Constitution, taxation. Unless otherwise provided by the Constitution or laws of the United States, stop, stop, stop right there. Unless otherwise provided, which means that there are provisions that this is not pertaining to. Does that make sense? So when the Constitution says, when this California Constitution, Article 13, Section 1 says, unless otherwise provided is a way of saying there are other provisions. If there were not other provisions, it would just say, thus saith the Lord. But this says, unless otherwise provided is a way of saying there are other provisions. What is a provision? Right? A provision is given for someone's benefit. It's a church word. Right? You're supposed to, uh, you know, pure and undefiled religion is that of taking care of orphans and widows. The reason why you take a collection up at church is to bless the people who need uh, to, to be blessed by God. So if, if out of the, you know, if, if you have a generous heart, you don't have to have a lot of money, but if you have a generous heart and you give to your local church, your local church is then supposed to be providing for the work of the body. That work of the body could be helping for orphans and widows and taking care of all these other destitute people. If people are in need, Christians, traditionally, biblically, need to be, should be, have the opportunity to be the ones giving. So if they're giving, they're making provision. 
And you'll be very like you you go go look in the Bible. God will provide for his people and he'll provide for his people all sorts of different ways. In the church, we're not supposed to let our left hand know what our right hand is doing. So we don't give money to shout it out from the rooftops, but we do give money. But that is a form of provision. So that provision is what's been given for a benefit. So if this constitution says, unless otherwise provided, it means one, there are other provisions, and two, the purpose of provision is for a benefit. It's for a benefit. Now, why do we know this? Let's go back to Article 1. We'll put a pin in that. Let's go back to Article 1 of California. Article 1, California Constitution. And look at this. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to say benefit. <laughs> I cheated. Uh, okay, that's not it. Let's look at their... Uh... So this is the preamble. Grateful to God for our freedom in order to secure or perpetuate its blessings. So we're here to perpetuate his blessings. The purpose of the California Constitution is in order to perpetuate the blessings uh, of who? who? Of who God? Of, of, of God. God's, God's provision. The purpose of California is to perpetuate the blessings and secure the blessings of what God has provided for. All right, so now we know that the provisions all line up with the purpose of government. Let's go back to uh, Article 11, excuse me, 13. We click on 13, and we look here, and we say, unless otherwise provided by this Constitution or the laws of the United States. The laws of the United States are the United States Constitution. That's what this is. When constitutions say laws, it's speaking to the Constitution. Unless it says specifically the legislature shall make laws or the general assembly shall make laws. Those laws then are what the legislature does. Those laws are what the general assembly does. But if the constitution says this, is, like, it, like it says here. If the California constitution says unless otherwise provided by this constitution, which is the California constitution, or the laws of the United States which means that the laws are the constitution. The constitution is the law. Does that make sense? And so if the con if the California constitution says that unless otherwise provided by this constitution, California's constitution, or the laws, which are not the enactments of the legislature, but the specified laws in the United States constitution, unless it's in those two things, Unless it's in the California Constitution, which means that there's other things in the California Constitution that are going to take effect here. That's going to be your property rights. Or it's in the United States Constitution, which is going to speak about you know other things. We'll get there. Those two things are what we are uh, taking our cue off of. So you need to know your California Constitution and your United States Constitution. Considering those two things... If we put those two things aside, now here's what we're talking about, the power of taxation. All property is taxable. Stop. Stop. You hear that. You read that. America reads that. Lawyers read that. Judges read that. Politicians read that. People read that and they hear, all property is taxable. Because that's what it says, right? All property is taxable. But go back up. Unless otherwise provided. So if there's, if there's provisions in the California Constitution or provisions in the United States Constitution that say that property can't be taxed, 
then yeah, all, all property can be taxed. So all property is taxable unless it's in the California Constitution or the United States Constitution. You see how that reads? Because you'll get some people that say all property is taxable. And they'll just stop right there and be like, see, all property is taxable. And they'll be like, well, I got to pay my taxes. Let's keep going. And shall be assessed at the same percentage of the fair market value. Now, this is where this is important. It shall be assessed at the fair market value. What is that? What is this? And this is where it's important to know what... Um, this is, this is important to where you have to understand what the Constitution says. Because look at this. When a value standard other than fair market value is prescribed by this Constitution or by statute authorized by this Constitution, which is a way of saying what? That's a way of saying the Constitution provides for a value, a standard that's not fair market value. Does that make sense? Like the Constitution is, this is literally saying, when a value standard, other, which means separate, so now there's at least two, then fair market value. So whenever there's a standard that's besides, that's not fair market value, which means one standard is fair market value, is prescribed by the Constitution, by this Constitution. So now we know that fair market value is one standard, and we know that it is separate than a standard that's promulgated by the Constitution. So the Constitution presents a standard, and they, uh, the, 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 this part is saying that there's a fair market value standard. So the fair market value standard is not the same thing as the Constitution standard. Do you see how that plays? Or by, state, uh, by, by statute authorized by this Constitution. Now, how would you get a statute authorized by this Constitution? You would have to go back to the general powers granted to the legislature let me find it. Uh, where are you at? Uh, legislative. General Assembly. There you go. General Assembly. So we want to go Article 4 of California's Constitution. Article 4 California Constitution talks about the legislative powers. The legislative power of the state vested in the California legislature, which consists of the state uh, Senate and Assembly, but the power of the, the people reserved to themselves the power of the initiative and referendum. That's huge, by the way. Um, so... Um, uh, what we so then it talks about and I, I haven't read all this but the frame of government's the same the frame of government is going to say the legislature has the ability to make laws doing this doing that doing all sorts of things but the statutes are going to be in pursuance of the legislative power granted to the legislature in the constitution so if we go back down to the powers of taxation we recognize that there are now three different types there's fair market value there's prescribed by this constitution and then there's by statute authorized by the constitution right the same percentage shall be applied to determine the assessed value now this is how you have to read this when a value standard other than fair market value is prescribed by this constitution so if the constitution prescribes something different than fair market value you go with what the constitution says how do we know this unless otherwise provided by this constitution or the laws of the United States. So if the constitution or the U.S. constitution say something about taxes or property, that goes ahead of this. How do we know that? Because that's what it says. That's what it says. And how do we know that's exactly what it says? Well, didn't we just read in Article 1? 
Where you at, Article One? Article One, your your uh, rights. Didn't we didn't we read? What was it? The provisions of this Constitution are mandatory and prohibitory unless, by express words, they are declared to be otherwise. Which means that the Constitution means what it says. It doesn't mean what it doesn't say. And you can't get fancy attorneys in here to wiggle the room in to be like, well, that could be interpreted this way or that way. No, 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 no. The provisions of this Constitution are mandatory and prohibitory. You have to do them and you can't do not them. Unless, by expressed words, they are declared to be otherwise. Which is exactly what's going on in uh, Article 13. Article 13 is saying... You know, uh, uh, no, that's public utilities. Article, that was 12, 13. Article 13 is literally telling you when a value standard other than fair market value is prescribed by this constitution, which means that the constitution in California says something different than a fair market standard, which tells you that the fair market standard, fair market value is one way to assess taxation. But it's not the constitutional way to assess taxation. It's prescribed by the Constitution or by statute authorized by this Constitution. The same percentage shall be applied to determine the assessed value. The value to which the percentage is applied, whether it be the fair market value or not, that or not is huge. That or not means that there are other standards of taxation valuation that aren't fair market. Does that make sense? Like that, like that's just the expressed meaning of the words. Shall be known for property tax purposes as the full value. Do you understand that this is now talking about property taxes? Property taxes. And if property taxes include fair market value or not, then that means your property tax value in California does not always have to, oh, correction, that doesn't necessarily mean that the property tax value in California is always fair market value. That means there could be another standard. And if there is another standard, that begs the question, how do you determine where the powers to tax are and how does that go against your right to property? Let's keep reading. Your constitutions are brilliant. The legislature may provide for the property taxation of all forms of tangible personal property. Question. If you have a right to private property, how does the legislature provide for property taxation over all forms of tangible prop personal property? Explicate. How do you have the legislature writing statutes and it has the ability to write statutes over all forms of tangible personal property. That's, the, that's like real stuff. That's, that's the stuff that you can put your hands on, you can hold, you can move, you can, like, you, can, you can see. How does the legislature have the granted powers to tax all of this if you have the right to property? And if your property rights are exclusive, remember the definition, if your property rights are exclusive to you and you exercise full dominion over them, how does the legislature have the ability to pass statutes over your property? How can they tax your property? This is where we need to understand what property is used for and presumptions. Right? We'll go on. 
the leg the the Constitution right here is making a presumption, and we're never taught this. We're never taught this. Let me look up presumption. I'll just show you the definition. I hope this makes sense. Where's my mouse? Presumption. Where are we at? Presumption. Presumption, a fact, an inference affirmative or disaffirmative of the truth or falsehood of any proposition or fact drawn by a process of probable reasoning in the absence of actual certainty of its truth or falsehood, or until such certainty can be ascertained. So a presumption is going to use probable reasoning about the actual certainty of a truth or falsehood. So when the government has a presumption... It is using reason, probable reason, a fact. That doesn't mean that it is fact. It means that it's probable reason of fact. So when the government makes a presumption, that doesn't mean the government is saying what is true. And just because something is presumed as fact doesn't mean that it is true. It could very well mean that the presumption is false. And if the presumption is false, what? until such certainty can be ascertained. An inference affirmative or disaffirmative of the existence of a disputed fact drawn by a judicial tribunal by a process of probable reasoning from someone of more matters of fact either admitted in the cause or other otherwise satisfactorily established. This means that the government is going to always presume that what it does is lawful. It's going to presume that what it does is true. It's going to presume that what it does is factual. And so when you read, when people hear that the legislature may provide property taxation of all forms of personal property, you hear that. You hear that and you think, they can tax all the property, and that's exactly what they rely. On. That's exactly what they uh, expect you to do. And this is where they say all property is taxable. You hear they they know when you hear that you hear all property is taxable. But yet, watch this, and then it goes on and talks about all sorts of different stuff. We don't want to get into that. We can, but you know, for sake of time, look at this. The following are exempt from property taxation. Stop. Exempt. What does exempt mean? You know what it means, but let's just look at the definition. Because if we look at exempt, where are you at? Exempt. I can't even spell. Exempt. There we go. Exempt. One, come on, camera. One who is free from liability to military service is distinguished from a detail who is one belonging to the army but detached or set apart for the time or some particular duty or service and liable at any time to be recalled to his place in ranks. Right. Uh, so you're, you're not... Look at that. And we go from exempt from all taxation. In proposed constitutional amendment, exempting specified homesteads from taxation meant exempt when not restrained by federal constitution. So there's an exemption. Freedom from a general duty or service. Immunity from a general burden, tax, or charge, right? So if you are exempt from a tax, then you don't have to pay it. So you recognize right here already in section 3, 
In section one, they said all pro all property is taxable. In section three, they said the following are exempt. So you already know if all property is is taxable, why are they making exemptions? Does that make sense? If they're if they're going to say that all property is taxable, the legislature in section two, the legislature may provide for the proper property taxation of all forms of tangible tangible property. But then in section three, they come down here and they say what? There's exemptions. So there's exemptions from property tax. And this is in California, right? So what are exempt from property tax? Property owned by the state. Now think about this. If we go, let me go to my, um, let me go to my handy dandy, uh, this thing, where's it go? This. If we go back to our um, trust slide, right? This is what the, this is what a trust is. If we go back to a trust slide here, and we recognize that uh, government is a public trust where the settlers and grantors uh, are the people and we make the public trust. We wrote the Constitution. We put our political power in the Constitution. We created that and we wrote it to give the powers to the legislative, executive, judicial. And those granted powers then go down to the trustees who swear to uphold all for the benefit of the people. Right? That's what's going on. So when we look at our government... How is the fact that the state not able to pay taxes? How did the people there on the left give power in the Constitution, which then turns around and says to the legislature, the executive and judicial, y'all guys can have property, but you don't have to pay taxes on it. But yet the people that created government have to pay taxes on their land? Why is that? Why is it whenever the government is doing the business of the people, they don't have to pay taxes? But when the people are doing the business of the people, they got to pay taxes. How is it that if you have a right to property and it's exclusively yours, how do you have the how does government which you create have the ability to tax you on that property? How? How does that work? Well, <laughs> it's because they make a presumption. The government makes a presumption that's presumed lawful that you are participating most often in commerce. And when your government presumes that you are in commerce, the government will tax you. Because it can. Because the government was granted the powers to regulate commerce. And so if the government presumes that you're in commerce and you don't say anything, you're in commerce. Whether you are or not. Now remember what I wrote, or not what I wrote, but remember what we read in Hebrews? Hebrews uh, 10.25 Don't forget the assembling of yourselves together. Or how about when Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there in the midst, I, I will be in the midst of them. Let's go back to our constitution. Property owned by local government except as otherwise provided in section 11A. Right? So 11A is this. This is, uh, I'm sorry, 11A is, let's go down to section 11A. Where's section 11? Section 12... Section 11A, lands owned by local government that are outside its boundaries, okay, that used to, to divert water. So it's like levees and stuff. Okay, fine. So we go back to Section 3. Here's the people that are exempt. Or here's the following that are exempt from property taxation. Uh, property owned by the state. Property owned by local government, except as otherwise provided 11, uh, Section A. Bonds issued by a state or local government in the state. Okay. Property used for public libraries and museums that are free and open to the public. 
and property used exclusively for public schools, community colleges, state colleges, and universities. Okay. So if you're going to be doing education or any of that, then so that's a public good. It's a public service. Buildings, land, equipment, and securities used exclusively for educational purposes by a nonprofit institution or higher education. All right, so so basically, uh, it's state-owned property and property that's being used for educating people. We want education. We want a diffusion of knowledge. You see how there is an economic and tax incentive for the diffusion of knowledge. Buildings, land on which they are situated, and equipment used exclusively for religious worship. Buildings, land on which they are situated, and equipment used exclusively for religious purpose. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10.31, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. You are supposed to be worshiping God everywhere you go. You are in, uh, what's it, Deuteronomy 6. Remember, Deuteronomy 6. You're going to be teaching your kids the statutes diligently unto the children. You're going to uh, talk of them when thou sittest in thine house. Wait, wait, wait. So you can talk about God? You can worship God whenever you're in your house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down. So wherever you sleep and when you thou risest up and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. Folks, do you realize that the United States Constitution, Bill of Rights, First Amendment, says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Do you want to know why California doesn't tax those that are used exclusively for religious worship? Do you want to know why? You should be understanding why. Because your founding fathers, whenever they believed the Bible and they created a nation, they understood that they wanted for religious worship. That's why the Puritans came here, to exercise their religion freely. That's why the Bill of Rights literally begins by saying, make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. When Congress was granted powers to tax, Congress can't tax religious buildings or purposes or worship assemblies can't do it why because they're prohibited the constitution prohibits them in california buildings lay upon uh, land on which they are situated and equipment used exclusively for religious worship now you might be thinking well jaron i'm not a church i would say um well what does jesus say because jesus says what in matthew 10 8, uh, um matthew 18 20 for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I, there am I in the midst of them. So Jesus is saying where two or, th two or three are gathered in Jesus' name, there he is. And if he's there, there's your worship assembly. How can you not say that you're not a church whenever he's literally telling you, when you gather together, I am there? How can you not say that... Um, your property, which is exclusively yours, that you're supposed to be doing all things. Whether ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Now you may be thinking, Jaron, that's a stretch. Jaron, that doesn't make sense. You're going to get people in trouble. 
You're not a you're 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 stretching the the limits here. Think about this. When we think about presumptions, we we showed you what the definition of presumption was. A presumption is a reasonable conclusion of a fact that can be disproven. It doesn't mean that it's true. It means that it's believed to be true. And if the government makes a presumption that you are in commerce or that you are just consuming stuff, then it will tax you based on that. How do I know? Well, we can go to this, um, uh, what was it? Is this it? This it? No, it's, uh, I'm looking up all sorts of stuff. So this is an article that I found, Sales and Use Tax Foundations, Part 4, Taxable Transactions, Tax and Accounting from Walter Kluwer, whatever this guy is, Walter Kluwer. Um, so anyway, um, he comes down and he goes down to every single state taxable transactions, presumption of taxability, state-specific rules. He goes down every single state in the union about what their presumptions are in taxation. So let's go to California. California's presumption of taxation is what? California, presumption of taxability. It is presumed that all gross receipts are subject to tax until the contrary is established. Correction, or stop which means you can show them to the contrary. You can show that there is a different presumption in the law. You can tell your government, I'm not doing what you think I'm doing. You think I'm doing this. I'm not doing that. I'm doing this. And what evidence can they give that you're not doing that? What evidence can they give you that you are not worshiping the king? What evidence are they giving that you're not a Christian? Especially whenever Jesus tells you, excuse me, Paul tells you in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, do all things, whatsoever you do, to the glory of God. Anything that you do, you're supposed to be doing them for the glory of God. When you have rights that say, I'm going to, you, Congress can make no law, no law, no law establishing and uh, respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Zero laws. Zero laws about how you can worship or what your worship means. Is Congress in the position to say that's not religious worship? Do they have that granted power? Or is it specifically reserved away from them and they can't even touch it? They can't even think about it. Now, if this is the case, then you would find every single state, you would find in every single state some type of, um, uh, what's it called? You would find some type of exemption. If, if, if what I'm saying is true, you would find some type of tax exemption based on people telling the government, I'm not here for commerce. You would find some type of form or policy or certificate or license. You would find something that people could tell their government, I'm not in commerce. I'm not doing this for commercial use. I'm not doing this. You would find that. So let's just look it up. Let's just look it up. Don't believe me. Let's do it. Let's just do California. Let's do this. You know what? Let's just go Google. Just, people hate me on that. That's fine. California non-commercial use certificate. California non-commercial class A requirements. This is California.gov, uh, dmv.ca.gov. 
So this is non-commercial Class A requirements to obtain an original non-commercial Class A license. Why are we non-commercial? Because we're not using it for commercial purposes. We're using it for religious purposes. This is my property, right? If it's my property, I have the exclusive dominion to it. The presumption in the law in California is that you're using stuff for commercial use. Let's go where else? Um, let's go... Uh, um, Let's, uh, let's go back to the California Constitution. Let's go to Article 13, back to taxation. And let's see if we can find... Oh, look at that. Uh, the legislature, two-thirds of membership of each house concurring, may classify such personal property for differential taxation or for exemption. The tax on interests... Uh, that's not what I'm looking for. So you've got here buildings, lands on which they are situated and equipment used exclusively. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop, 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 stop. Stupid. <laughs> Threat detected. Got it. All right. Let's do this. Let's do this. All right. No, I don't want to start McAfee. Stupid. Get that off. Get that back on. There we go. There we go stupid computers crap all over the place um where we go 13 article 13 is where we were article 13 taxation coming down here click the thing uh property user held exclusively for the permit so that's cemeteries uh then fruit and nut trees it talks about all sorts of other stuff um talks about uh, you know basically all sorts of other tax exemptions. I mean, it literally has the entire thing of tax exemptions. If the legislature increases the homeowner's property tax exemption, it shall provide increases in benefits, qualified members as defined by law, comparable to the average. All right, so so here it's like, if the legislature increases the homeowner's property tax exem exemption, notice what's going on here. And this is, this is, this is where it's so, this is where there is such a uh, a small presumption you'll not see it the normal mind won't see this if the legislature increases the homeowner's property tax exemption think about that if you are a homeowner and you have property and the legislature which is derivative which means downstream from the people if the people have a right to their home and they own their property did people who own their homes and own their land give the government the ability to tax their property? Or is there a presumption that the legislature is making when the Constitution says uh, property tax exemption? Because we've already seen that there's tax exemptions. There's reasons for complete tax exemption used exclusively for religious worship. Right? There, we've already seen that there's opportunities for this. So if the legislature is able to say, we're going to not tax anything that's used exclusively to worship Jesus, not going to touch it, or Muhammad or whatever, uh, we're, we're not going to touch it. But over here, we can increase these guys' tax exemption. What's the difference? The difference is you're worshiping Jesus over here, you're doing your faith over here, but you're not here? You see, whenever you're supposed to be making all thoughts captive to Christ, whether you drink or eat, do all things to the glory of the Lord. 
from a Christian perspective, we are doing everything exclusively for religious purpose. And the reason why I say this is because whenever the Bill of Rights says you can't make any law establishing of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, the Constitution then goes on in Article 1, Legislative Branch, Section 8, it goes on to give the Congress the power of what? To regulate commerce with the foreign nations and among the several states and with the Indian tribes. And we know here that where it says regulate, the founders didn't mean to be all up in all the business of everything. How do we know that? Because down here it says to coin money, regulate the value thereof. Regulate just means to make regular, to make dependable, to make consistent, to make it to where it's, you know, helter or skelter or whimsical or arbitrary. But yet what they've done, what these godless commies have done, is they've taken regulate commerce and they've just ran wild with it. They regulate absolutely everything. And this regulation, whenever it first was written, was about making sure that things were regular. Making sure that they're regular. Making sure that you can have good business relations, that you're not going to lie, you're not going to have unjust weights and measures, you're not going to have dishonest scales. You're going to have stuff that's consistent. That's what regulate means. What it doesn't mean is this leviathan tentacles everywhere where it knows absolutely everything. But Congress has absolutely taken that and ran with it. Let's look up something here because I want to show you this. And this is how, not that, this is how, let's go back here to our Tariff Act of 1913. The Tariff Act of 1913. Is this it? Yeah. Okay. This is the um, this is the act that what an act to reduce tariff duties and provide revenue for the government and for other purposes. This is the beginning of the income tax. This is the income tax. And then on and look at look at this. This is uh, October 3rd, 1913. This is the Tariff Act, duties on imports from abroad, being enacted by the Senate and House of Representatives from the United States of America and Congress assembled, that on or after the day following the passage of this act, except as otherwise specially provided for this act, there shall be levied, collected, and paid upon all articles when imported from any foreign country into the United States. What is Congress doing? Congress is using its ability to regulate commerce. So Congress is using its ability to regulate commerce to do what? to levy, collect, and pay it upon all articles. What are they doing here? They're using their power to tax. Power to lay and collect taxes, duties, and imposts. Imposts means tech, uh, tariffs, okay? So Congress is blending its power to, com to regulate commerce with its power to tax, and it's taking a presumption of regulate commerce to mean it can, it can affect everything. It can literally nitty-gritty touch everything. That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. For the first time, Congress is saying regulate means we can do everything on all stuff. Instead of just keeping it regular and keeping it maintained and, and, uh, and making it to where it's consistent, we're just going to do it on everything. Right? But even here, they talk about, and we get down to section two, 
But even here, they talk about how when it's imported from any foreign country into the United States or any one of its possessions, except, which means not, including the Philippine Islands and the islands of Guam and Tutilia, the rates of duty, there's a tax, which are held by the schedules and paragraphs of the dutiable list of this section prescribed, namely. So here, the Tariff Act was for what? It's for articles imported from foreign country into the United States. That's what the first that's what the income tax is. The income tax is the articles imported from a foreign country to the United States. Now, if we go down that's then so the schedule A talks about all sorts of stuff. But let's go back down here to to the to the second part and we'll show you. This is section 1. Sorry to make y'all crazy. 3 So they basically, I mean, like, they just, all barbed wire, galvanized wire, not larger than 21 hundredths of one inch and one diameter, and not smaller than one. I mean, like, it, it is, like, nitty-gritty, folks. It is, like, absolutely nitty-gritty. Section 2. Here you go, Section 2. Subsection 1. That there should be levied, assessed, collected, and paid annually. So this is where your annual tax comes from. On the net, on the entire net income. So there's your income. There's your annual income tax arising or accruing from all sources in the preceding calendar year to every citizen of the United States. Now you might hear that and you'll be like, wow, all citizens from all sources. Oh no. But what was the purpose? So that's page 53. Let's go down to, let's go back to one. What's the purpose? Articles. So it's levied, collected, and paid upon all articles when imported from a foreign country into the United States. So yeah, I mean, do you, did you import anything from a foreign nation? Um, so then you can talk in about where we go. Section G. Where are you at? E. Oh, G is after F. G. That a normal tax herein imposed upon individuals likewise shall be levied, assessed, and paid annually upon the entire net income arising or accruing from all sources during the preceding calendar year to every corporation, joint stock company, association, every insurance company organized in the United States, no matter how created or organized, not including partnerships, but if organized, authorized, existing under the laws of foreign country, then upon the amount of total income accruing from the business transaction and capital invested within the United States during such year. <sighs> Look at that. Nothing in this section shall apply to. So what's the section? The income tax. Where's it down? Corporation or association organized and operated exclusively for religious, charitable, scientific, educational purposes. And that right there, my friends, is why all of your exemptions are always going to include elements of, um, what's it called? they're all going to include exclusively for religious worship. Every single last one of them. Every single last one of them is going to include an exemption for religious, exclusively for religious purposes. They have to. Because they can't say otherwise. 
Congress here, the Article 1, um, excuse me, the amendments, your rights. Right here. Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion and prohibiting the free exercise thereof. The power to tax is limited by the right to worship. When you are worshiping Jesus, when you are organizing for Jesus, whenever you are doing stuff for the king, when you are advancing the gospel, when you are building the kingdom, when you are doing the things that your founders wanted you to do, your right to property stands, your income stands, uh, sales tax, because now the presumption, right? Now the presumption is no longer commerce. The presumption is no longer business activity classified under a taxable business classification. It's no longer, scroll down, it's no longer, uh, let's just do Texas. Pre presumption of taxability, this is Texas. A sale of taxable item for delivery in Texas is presumed to be for sale, for a sale for storage, use, or consumption in Texas unless the seller accepts the resale of or exemption certificate. Or exemption certificate. I haven't looked this up, but look at this. Let's just look this up real fast. There we go. Let's just look up what they say. Uh, it's pretty big, so let's do um, let's do uh, religious. Oh look, an organization that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty. There uh, we go. A taxable item sold, leased to, is exempted from the taxes imposed by this chapter. An organization created for religious, educational, or charitable purposes, if no part of the net earnings or organizational benefits a private shareholder, individual, and the items purchased, leased, or rented, or related to the purpose of the organization. Now this right here, if no part of the net earnings, that's where you really got to get in. If no part of the net earnings of the organization's benefits, a private shareholder or individual items purchased, leased, or rented are related to the purpose of the organization. Guys, this is this is why they this is why they do what they do. This is why all of these are written the way that they're written. Because they're not going to touch you if you're worshiping. You're not they're not going to touch they're not going to touch your faith because they can't. They're, they're, they're going to make presumptions that you are in commerce because if you're if they presume that you are in commerce and they know that you don't know what presumptions are, they know that you won't correct presumptions. And if you don't correct presumptions and tell them what you're doing, then they will be lawfully taxing because they will be the, the presumption will be considered lawful. And this is how this is one of the easiest ways, very quickest ways. You can protect your property rights just by simple pieces of paper. You can do it by right. And all of the exemptions are there. We, I walked I walked you through income tax. I walked you through sales tax. You could do this for your vehicle registration. You could do this for all sorts of stuff. And you could claim it by right because they can't make any law against it. They literally can't make any law against it. I mean, that right there in Texas, where'd you go? Where'd the thing in Texas go? I, 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 you know, I cut it off. But the thing in Texas, they they, I would I would challenge very I would I would very much be ready, willing, and able to say, who are you to say that this organization can't also benefit an individual? 
because it is the blessing of God both for the general people. I mean, the rain falls on the wicked and the just, right? But he also knows us and gives to us richly. He gives us wisdom abundantly. And so if I get specific blessing from God and general blessing from God, how can you bifurcate? How can you sift out? How can you separate by statute something that is part of my right? Now, this will absolutely send attorneys crazy. This will send tax people crazy. This will send law people crazy because, I mean, it, it, it slices through everything. Of course, none of this is considered legal advice. This is just an exercising of your rights. This is understanding what the law is. It's been a scholarly review of what your right to property is. Your property is yours. It is not the government's. The government has been granted powers to tax, but the government then, I believe, oversteps its bounds by asserting presumptions that are adversarial to your right to property. And because you don't know about presumptions, you think you own something, but you don't know that the government presumes that they can control it. Well, if you own it, but they control it, then you don't own it. So if you have a right to property, but that is controlled by the government, then your right to property is being undermined by the very government that exists to defend it. And if you are in government, if you're a lawyer, if you're a prosecutor, if you're a judge or whoever, and you're listening to me, you are undermining the rights of the people by deploying schemes of man that undermine what God has given us. And you're going against and at war, you're aiding and abetting adversarial powers and entities that usurp power, maladminister liberty, and they do it against guaranteed rights. You are dangerously on thin ice using powers of government in trespass of the people. You can't do that. And if you're in government, you swore an oath that you wouldn't. So when people find out Take that off. When people find out that you have done this, when people find out that you've gone against their rights, I mean, you guys can't make laws on this. You can't do what you're doing to us. Which is why I did what I did. Anyway, this is posterity's sake. If you rewatch, rewind, relearn, do all the kinds of things, I told you... I. I gave you however much money you think that you've ever paid in taxes or will ever pay in taxes or are paying in taxes. I gave you that much worth of knowledge for free. Um, and it's just by reading. It's just by understanding the, the laws of the land, understanding what your constitution says, understanding how it's framed, understanding who you are in Christ. If you're not in Christ, you need to be in Christ. You need to believe the gospel. You need to look to Jesus for salvation. You need to repent of your sin and believe the gospel. It's only from the Christian worldview do we get the common law. And it's only from the common law do we get our constitutional republic. And it's only with a constitutional republic does this actually happen. This doesn't happen anywhere else. Because nowhere else did they build the nation on biblical values. And if you're not going to have biblical values and you're not going to read what's written to understand what the authors meant when they, rent, when they wrote it, then you will be hoodwinked. You absolutely will be trespassed and attacked. You absolutely will have people avail against you and you'll lose. And then you'll have people come along 
who they themselves want their power and they want to be known and all they will do is complain about stuff that's all they're going to do these are the podcasters the conservative podcasters that all say the radical left is destroying the country how about you show people article 13 section 3 paragraph f how about you preach the gospel and have people look to jesus and recognize that their rights can't be touched by government instead of just a stupid talking point the tpusa oh we've got a we've got an america to save or restore the republic show me how bro put some specifics on it point out what the remedy is for the people why don't you educate the people the truth they don't educate the people the truth because if they educated you you don't need them anymore you're no longer going to be their slaves which means their promo codes won't get them that much money which means they got to go out and work for it they got to go do stuff so just sit and talk and complain and get y'all riled up there's people that are hearing they'll say yeah but the judges won't do that the radical left has destroyed america they've destroyed the judges everybody's corrupt if you want to believe that everything's corrupt and that the law doesn't work that's on you if however you want to clarify presumptions send notice quote the law to these people who are sworn to defend it and challenge them demand that they engage this law demand that they acknowledge your rights demand that they do what they said they're going to do they won't touch you they won't touch you because they can't touch you and if they try you get a jury trial they can't deprive you of a jury trial and in the jury trial you can tell the jury hey jury did you know the Constitution says this did you know jury trial that you guys can say to them that their stupid statutes are stupid and you don't have to do it did you know jury that if you rule in favor of me you could also do this yourself did you know that you could do this too nothing stopping you from doing this and now the people are one now the tribe is moving together now the nation stands now the church is on the move we're on offense we ain't just strap hangers individual groups separated sifted and individualized out to be attacked or warhead on foreheaded by some you know uh do or somebody like that we're people that understand what the truth is we've organized and we're on the prowl we're on the move and they can't stop you they don't want to they don't want to touch this they don't want to touch this because if you say I love Jesus I'm sending you notice and this is what I'm doing what evidence do you have what constitutional authority and power do you have that says I can't worship Jesus show me that swear to that by an affidavit and send it to me in seven days or else you agree they do the same thing to you they presume all the time when you go to Walmart when you buy your gas when you do anything there is a government presumption assuming presuming you are doing something that they say you're doing so literally every single time you spend money the government is presuming you're spending money the way that they think you're spending money are you spending money the way that you they, they think you're spending money or are you spending money for another purpose are you doing something for something else are you buying a gift to bless somebody else are you buying gas to be able to go to visit somebody in your home or uh, to go visit someone in your church 
Are you having fe- are you breaking bread and having fellowship with someone? Are you are you f- not forsaking the assembly of the body, but you're building relationships with someone that you're going to see in heaven, but you're building those ties here on earth. You're discussing how to do evangelism in the neighborhood. You're discussing about, you know, your problems and you're talking about your life. You're not consuming as though you are in retail. You are fellowshipping. You're doing all things to the glory of the Lord. Show me the power and authority they have in the Constitution to tell you that that you're not. When you start to understand what the Constitution is, when you start to understand what your founders gave you, when you understand how they've taken advantage of it, relying on lack of vigilance, relying on an infrequent recurrence to fundamental principles, then you know we got to bring you back to basics. I got to tell you what the truth is. I got to preach the gospel. I'm going to live my life for the king, regardless of what you and your stupid statute say, because the Constitution says this, and you ain't got anything to tell me I'm not doing that. Show me where I'm not doing that. They can't. This is deep, folks. But it all begins with what Jesus taught at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount. The wise man builds his house upon the rock. The foolish man builds his house upon the sand. You are a fool if you believe everything government tells you. You are a fool if you believe that the statutes are lawfully presumed. You are a fool if you think that Christ isn't king, the constitution isn't the law, and that people don't acknowledge it. You're a fool if you go along with these people. So stop being a fool. Read the law, understand the law, stand on the law, and assert your rights. Anyway, believe the gospel. Appreciate your time. I probably won't show back up for the week. We'll see. I just wanted to do this for posterity's sake. To tell people that I've I've done it. Given away for free. There you go. Enjoy. However, uh, you're not going to hear this anywhere else. Hat tip, hat tip to my teacher, Dave Jose. Thank you to uh, him and the instruction that he's been given. The diligence, the dedication to read what's written, to believe what's written. Um, anyway, uh, appreciate your time. Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow. Until then, um, no, I won't be back tomorrow. I just say that because I'm, I'm used to See, that, that's how easy it is. I'm just used to saying it, so I say it. Um, believe the gospel, my friends. That's the only thing that matters. Everything else is just dumb. But this is one way to fight back. This is one way for you to take care of your family, your people, uh, right now for the glory of the Lord. Amen. God bless. Until then, I am Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. Go to war.